Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Nothing in life matters if you don't love God passionately. God doesn't want you to love Him half-heartedly. He wants you to love Him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. And if we can't do that, then our life is not right. wants you to have a ministry that's why you have the gifts that you do because God has a ministry for your life but I'm here to tell you that the greatest days of the church lie just ahead of us the great days are not in the past but they are in our future and we have an opportunity right today to say God forgive me restore my passion reignite the flame that once burned in my heart and in my spirit amen amen good to be in the house of the Lord this morning Amen. Singing about heaven. Amen. How many know that's where we're headed? That's where we're headed. And, uh, and I don't believe we have to wait that much longer. Amen. I want to live ready and be anticipating for that day. Amen. Grab your Bibles with me this morning. And uh, I want to direct your attention to two portions of Scripture. First in Deuteronomy 6, and we're going to read chapters or verses, not chapters. We're going to read verses 4 through 7, and then we'll jump over to Philippians chapter 3. Deuteronomy 6, 4, you know it well. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Amen. And then Philippians chapter 3. Verses 12 through 14. Paul writes, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Amen. I want to just title this talk this morning, With Your Whole Heart with your whole heart. Would you lay your Bible down and help me pray this morning? Amen. Want the Lord to speak to us today and have his way. Lord, we love you this morning. God, we're so thankful for the privilege, the opportunity to be here. God, we just invite you in right now to have your way in this place. I pray for your word to go forth. God, let it find good ground this morning. God, touch our hearts today. God, encourage us, and I pray that you would challenge us through your word. 
God, and I pray that you would receive all the glory, God, because you are worthy to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. Amen. Just wiped my mouth with my handkerchief and I got a fuzz. There it is. The devil is a liar. <laughs> Amen. Right now, um, we are at this, this funny stage uh, with Easton. Um, Easton just turned six in August, and he'll be 22 next spring. And if you don't believe me, just talk to him for a little bit, and you'll, you'll find that statement to be very true. He's a very, very wise kid, very smart. Um, he's got a lot of great qualities, but he's at, this, he's at this weird stage, funny stage. You know, whenever kids are growing up and they're two, three, four years old, kids are easily impressed right? Very easily impressed. I mean, you could just like, like pull a quarter out of your pocket and they're like, oh man, that's a quarter, you know, but Easton, he's getting to that age where, uh, it, it, you gotta, you gotta be creative to impress him a little bit. I mean, he is a very well-rounded kid. I mean, he's a very cultured kid. He's seen a lot. He's been exposed to a lot of stuff in his just short six years that he's been alive. And so there are some things that he has uh, been privileged to see way more than whenever I was six years old. When I was six years old, I just knew the street that I lived on, you know, and that was it. Uh, but Easton, he's had the luxury of, of getting to travel and see different things and experience different things. And, and I, I love it. I'm glad that, that we have been able to, to do that with him. And he's a, he's a blast. But he's getting to the point where it's just like, man, we really got to raise the bar a little bit, you know, and it's starting to get expensive. <laughs> Yesterday, we took him on a zoo trip, free, free. Thank God it was free because the animals were sleeping. And I, you know, I saw, I was telling somebody the other day, they're just like, what did you see? I said, well, I saw an anteater and a, and a uh, I thought it was a bird, but it was a leaf that fell from a tree and was right by my uh, face. So, uh, you know, but zoo is fun. We had a, we had a great time, but uh, Easton, you know, he was having, he was, it looked like he was having a good time. And, and uh, of course he had a popsicle in his hand. I mean, you know, he's having a great time when he's having sugar uh, because that's, you know, his love, but uh, um, we, uh, we, we, we started to go and we were trying to find some animals and all of a sudden we walked around a corner and we saw these elephants and you think, man, elephants. Okay, here we are. How awesome is it to be able to see an elephant? You know, it's not like around, you know, you go out in the woods here, you're not going to find an elephant. I mean, thank God, because that would be kind of scary. But, uh, we go and we see an elephant. I was like, Easton, look at the elephant. Look at the elephant. You know what he did? Boring. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He didn't just say boring because that, you know, he, boring, you know, he, I mean, really let me know, that's nothing. That's nothing. And I was just like, are you kidding me? 
We drove all the way here for you to be bored. But that's the stage that he's at right now. It takes a lot to impress him. And I know that's a lot of weight for some of you Sunday school teachers that have him in class over there. And I don't mean to place that weight on him because he loves Sunday school. But Mallory and I, we were on our way home and, and she was saying, I wish I could find something that, that gets him excited, something that, that he's passionate about, something that will just really give him some oomph and some enthusiasm. And uh, I was thinking about that uh, this morning and, and, and what, what I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you today. And, uh, and that is just to talk about passion. Passion. Everybody say passion. Passion. I have retitled this, this lesson this morning three times. I finally settled on something 10 minutes ago. Uh, but I almost titled it Bored to Death. Bored to Death. Because how many know a life without passion is a dangerous life? It's a dangerous life. One German philosopher once stated, life has value only when it has something of value as its object. And I read in Philippians 3 this morning, Paul had put behind him all that he valued in his heritage, all that he had valued in his past. He put it all behind him for the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes when people describe them, uh, them uh, their journey about becoming a Christian, and, 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 and a lot of times people talk about how awful their life was before they became a Christian. How bad things were before they became a Jesus follower. And in some cases, that is very true, but not in every case. And we got to remember that. Paul's testimony is not that he gave up a bunch of awful things. Rather, he describes all the things in his life of which he is most proud of, that he still values. And he says it is these good things that he gladly puts behind him. Paul is saying that Christ surpasses everything of worth to me. Everything that he built his life upon, Paul walked away from it because his heart had been captured by a greater passion. His heart had been captured by a higher calling, a higher purpose. Amen. He wanted to know Jesus Christ and that to become like Christ. And that was Paul's desire and it fueled him and it drove him for the rest of his life. Paul was passionate. He was passionate. Let me say this. Nothing great is ever accomplished in life without passion. Nothing great. Nothing great is ever sustained in life without passion. The creative force behind all great art, the creative force behind all great music and all great drama and all great architecture and all great writing, you know what it is? Passion. Passion. Passion is what energizes life. Passion gives you a reason to give up, get up in the morning and go, I'm going to do something with my life today. 
Amen. Without passion, life becomes boring. It becomes monotonous. It becomes routine. It becomes dull. And I don't believe that that's the way that God created us. I believe that God created us with emotions to have passion in our life. And He wants us to have a passionate life because passion is what gets the job done. Passion is what mobilizes armies into action. Passion is what causes scientists to spend late night hours trying to find a cure to a disease. Passion is what takes a good athlete and turns them into a great athlete where they're, be, where they're getting to the place where they're breaking records. You have to have passion in your life. One day a man walks up to Jesus and he says, Lord... What's the most important thing? What's the most important thing? And Jesus says, He said, I want you to love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Nothing in life matters more than that. That's the number one thing. He said, I want you to love me passionately. Nothing else matters if you don't love God passionately. Nothing in life matters if you don't love God passionately. God doesn't want you to love Him half-heartedly. He wants you to love Him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. And if we can't do that, then our life is not right. We've got to love God with passion, with our whole heart. I love the, the, uh, the, the phrase uh, in, in Mark 11.30 from the message version. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. That word passion in Greek, it is the word heart. God is saying, I want you to put some muscle into it. I want you to put some energy, to put some emotion into your relationship with me. I would say that very same thing here this morning. God doesn't want us to be weak about our relationship with Him. God doesn't want us to be about half-hearted about our walk with him but God wants us to give it all that we've got Jesus is saying if you're going to follow me you better do it with passion you better do it with some zip and some enthusiasm you've got to live for me passionately with all your heart with your whole heart you see this Christian life is not meant to be one of boredom it's not meant that way. And sadly, I see that daily Christians who walk around in this life and they're bored. Bored. Friend, that is not the life that Jesus offers. Jesus came and he offered life in abundance and he wants us to live with enthusiasm and passion. And in fact, this truth is, is all throughout the Bible. The Bible tells us that we're to seek God passionately, that we're to love God passionately. The Bible says we're to serve and obey God passionately. We're to trust God passionately. You read all that and, and as if you didn't get the message, Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord and not unto men. He says, I want you to do everything passionately when it comes to loving me, serving me, living for me. Do it passionately. 
You see, here's the, here's the amazing thing. In, in America, it's okay to be passionate about everything except God. I can be passionate about a, a, a movie. I can be passionate about sports. I can be passionate about politics. I can be passionate about fashion and clothes. I can be passionate about restaurants. But I cannot be passionate about God. Get online and type in on Google or Amazon. Type in passion for dot, dot, dot. Just leave it open at the end. Passion for. You know what you'll find? You'll find all kinds of things that you're allowed to be passionate about. There are hundreds of books with that title. A passion for. You'll find, there's a, you can have a passion for birds. <laughs> a passion for books. A passion for math. A passion for chocolate. But I get that. No judgment here. I'm not preaching again against that. In fact, I would encourage that. A passion for fashion, a passion for fishing, for flying, for gardening, golf, hunting. There's a book called A Passion for Potatoes. <laughs> There's a book called A Passion for Steam. I, I don't know anymore. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Where are we? A passion for steam. But in our culture, it's okay to be passionate about everything except your faith, except your relationship with God. I can go to a concert or a political rally, and I can stand there and chant, and, and I can get excited and shout my head off. I can go, and I can get a horse from yelling so loud, and when my team loses, I can cry, and nobody thinks that's a big deal. And when my team wins, I can jump and dance all around and wave my hands in the air. And if I do that at the game, people say, he's a real fan. But if I do that at church, I'm a fanatic. I'm wild. I'm crazy. Amen. You don't want to get too emotional about your faith. It's okay to be passionate about everything else except God. We can be passionate about this. We can be passionate about our favorite sports player. We can be passionate about our favorite movie star. We can be passionate about our favorite food. But bring up God and we're not allowed to be passionate about that. But I want to hear the word of God this morning. Romans 12 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keeping your spiritual fervor. I want you to notice the word keep. It's not automatic. It is a choice. It is a discipline. It's something that you must maintain. If you're going to live for God with your whole heart, you better wake up tomorrow morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it because it's a choice. Keep, keep your spiritual fervor. You are not by nature passionate about God. You are not by nature passionate about God. It's something that you must choose to do. We get distracted and everything in life conspires to keep us from being passionate about God. So he says, keep your passion going. Keep the fire going. You know what that is? It's a discipline. 
It's not just automatic. We can't just wake up and just say, whatever happens, happens. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll just wait and see what happens. No, you've got to wake up in the morning with purpose and with passion and keep the fire going. Everything in life conspires to keep you from being passionate. And it dissipates your energy. And Paul understands this. He's saying we gotta, we gotta keep the fire going in our hearts. But you know what, church? It's, it's choice. It's choice. It's a conscious decision. It's a conscious effort. A lot of times we're like that. When you first become a believer and you really understand what a good deal you've got, you get excited about it. You come into this thing, you're like, well, I've been baptized in Jesus' name. All my sins are washed away. I can repent and God forgives me and God loves me and God is for me. And we get excited about it and we say, this is quite a deal. I would say amen. It is a deal. All my sins are forgiven. I now have a purpose for living. And now I have a future home in heaven, which we sang about this morning. What a deal. And we get excited that when we give our life to Christ and we're pretty passionate about it. But as time goes on, you begin to lose your steam. You begin to lose your zeal. You begin to lose your enthusiasm, your passion. And I asked this morning, and you asked the same thing. What, what happens? Where did our passion go? Where did our zeal that we once had go? Where did our fervency go? That's what I want to look at this morning. Because I believe that as we go through God's word, we're going to find some things that, that, that are pointed out to us that kill our passion. Things that destroy our passion. And so I want to look at these this morning. And I think that as I go through these, we need to use them as a, as a, as a, as a checklist because God says, I want you to love me with what? Your whole heart. Your whole heart. And here's what keeps you from having that constant passion for the Lord. I don't know about you. I don't want to lose my passion. Amen. I want to have the same fervency. In fact, maybe deeper, maybe more intense. Because I believe that, that that's where God wants to take us. He wants to take us, take us deeper into this. Amen. I still believe that there are deeper moves of God yet still to happen. But we've got to be passionate. We've got to live for Him with our whole heart. But here's some things that I think happen to us that, that rob us of said passion. The first thing is being unbalanced. Not living a balanced life. Everybody say balance. Balance. That means either you're, you're, you're either overworked or you are underworked, and one of those things, no matter what, one or the other happening in your life, you're going to lose your passion for life, and you're going to lose your passion for God. 
Life is a series of seasons. The Bible says there is a season for everything. Okay? And there's a rhythm to life. And you need both happening in your life. Okay? You need both input and you need both output. You need both rest and you need work. And too much of either will cause you to lose your passion. Too much work will cause you to lose your passion. Too much nothing. You know what we are? Bored. Boring. Okay, and that will cause us to lose passion. If you're not working enough, it will cause you to lose passion. If you're working too much, it will cause you to lose passion. We're all different in our personalities. Some of us here today, maybe you need to work more, and some of you, maybe you need to work less. I don't know. I can't answer that for you today. And you can go to either extreme with this. Psalms 127 says, it's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing that you're going to starve to death. For God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. That's a good verse to throw up on your refrigerator door. For you to stare at every morning before you walk out that front door. God wants you to have your proper rest. That's why I preached a couple weeks ago. Come unto me. Come unto me. God wants to give us rest. Some of you, the problem is you're always giving. You have too much output but not enough input. You're always helping, sharing, giving, serving, and you never take time to recharge. You never take time to recharge, and you've got unbalanced on the, on the ministry side. You've got unbalanced on the work side, and what's dangerous about that is at some point, you're just going to stop caring. You're going to stop caring. You just, you don't care anymore. I, I don't care. I don't care what they do to me and my job. I don't care whether we have a move of God at church or not. I don't care. You don't care anymore. And so what's the antidote for that? What do we do? What do we do when we get to that place in our life where we have, we, we have lost concern, we have lost our passion, we don't care? 1 Timothy 4 and 7 says this, Take the time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. Take the time and trouble. Well, how do you do that, Bryce? One word, balance balance we all know to be physically fit you have to have a balanced diet and to be spiritually fit you have to have a balance of God's purposes for your life and in your life you need to have a time of worship with God both corporately and privately you need to have a time of fellowship we all know we got to be reading our Bible and praying and witnessing but when your life is not balanced you will inevitably lose your passion You're going to go, how come I don't feel as close to God as I used to? You know why? Because you're out of balance. You don't have it anymore. There's no balance. There's no rhythm. Balance. 
The second thing is some things, you know, that kill our passion. We get out of balance. The second thing is unused talent. Unused talent. An unused talent will cause you to lose passion for your life and passion for God. 1 Peter 4 and 10 says, Each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. Everybody say others. Others. So use your gifts well. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got a gift. Turn to your other neighbor, your second choice. Tell him you got a gift. Notice, God gives you certain talents, certain abilities, personality, gifts, and those gifts, those talents that you've been given are not for your benefit. You said it with me. They're for the benefit of others. My gifts are for your benefit. And your gifts are for my benefit. Your gift, you are to use those gifts in the service of other people. God has given you a special role in this world. He wants you to make a contribution with your life. And God says, I have given you these gifts and I've given you these talents. But here's the thing. If you don't use them, you're going to lose your passion. God did not give you special abilities just to sit on them and do nothing about them. But God says, I want you to use that talent. I want you to use that gift. You have a gift. You have a talent. Let me get real specific uh, real quickly. Studies have shown that 70% of all Americans are in a job that does not use their talents. 70%. 70% of people. That's tragic. Tragic. I don't think God is pleased with that. I think he's rather disturbed, sad. Because God did not give us talents and then say, don't use them, just go make money. He didn't say that. He didn't say don't use your talents, just go make a living. There's something more important than money, and that is using what God gave you, what God blessed you with. God, I believe, is grieved when he looks and sees you in a job that's not using your talent. He's going, what do you think I gave you your talents for? Just to sit on them? No. Because I believe that when you do that, You lose passion. A lot of people are stuck in a job that they hate. A job that isn't using their talents. They've lost their zest for life. Why? Because they aren't using the talents that God gave them. 1 Corinthians 7 says, Each one should live his life with the gifts that the Lord has given him. God gave you gifts and abilities and talents to use. And the reality is, before you run out tomorrow morning and quit your job, (laughs) hey, forget it. Uh, You're not using me enough here. 
yeah, I'm done, sort of. And you know, you hang up the phone. No, don't, don't, don't do that. The re- here, here's the, the reality is you're never going to find a job that uses 100% of your talent. You're not going to find it. You're never going to find a job that is 100% fulfilling. Why? You know why? Because God never meant for you to find 100% fulfillment through your job. He never intended for that. Your life is more than your job. God wants you to have a ministry. That's why you have the gifts that you do. Because God has a ministry for your life. No job could possibly use all the talents that God has given you. So you need a job. But you also need a ministry that expresses what you're good at. That's why I always say everyone here this morning has a ministry. Everyone here has a calling of God. Because everyone here has gifts we have gifts but unused talent will destroy your passion unused talent there's one more thing I want to cover as our music comes There's a third thing that will cause us to not live for God with our whole heart. And that is unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. And this is a a big one. Few things rob of his joy, rob our confidence, rob our passion more quickly than guilt. Everybody say guilt guilt now none of us here this morning we don't walk around thinking I have sin in my life none of us none of us do that we don't walk around saying I have sin in my life I am a guilty person no what we do is we rationalize it consciously Consciously, some of us, we think it's, it's okay. It's not a big deal. It's not a big thing. It's not a big sin. It's, uh, uh, I'm not the only one doing it. But subconsciously, it gnaws at us. Subconsciously, whenever it gets quiet, that guilt pops up into our mind. Here's the truth about us human beings. We cannot feel enthusiasm and passion at the same time. You can't feel guilty and passionate for God together. You can't feel those two things together at the same time because guilt by its very definition robs you of passion. Guilt robs you of loving God with your whole heart. Psalm 38 says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and I am brought low. Anybody here ever had their computer crash before? Computer crash? Sometimes they crash. 
they stop working some program tries to write the wrong thing to the wrong place and it's just gone you know what guilt does that to us human beings We're not made to live with guilt. God did not make you to carry guilt around in your life. He made us to deal with it immediately. But some of you right now, you're in the midst of a personal system crash. The truth of the matter is, the joy in your life has crashed and you're trying to keep the passion up you're trying to keep the enthusiasm you're trying to keep all those things alive but the guilt just keeps crashing your system and crashing your system so what do you do what do i do bryce I feel this burden, I feel this guilt in my life for something that I did so long ago. Well, fortunately, church, there that is a that is a problem that I believe that can be remedied, remedied very quickly. You can do something about it right now today because Jesus has already done all that's needed to be done about our guilt. That's why he came to this earth. 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's his promise. You know what that means to confess? It, it means, God, I agree with you. God, I agree. This is a sin. This is a mistake. I agree with you and I ask you, forgive me. Forgive me. Some of you looking for passion here today, I'm telling you, it's a prayer of repentance away. It's a prayer of repentance away. I would encourage you, as you stand with me all across this place, Don't wait another moment. Don't wait another second. Don't wait. Sometimes we carry our guilt around for weeks and months and days. And sometimes we stretch it into years. You shouldn't carry guilt around even for an hour. Not when you have an opportunity right now to say, God, I agree with you. Forgive me. Would you bow your head, close your eyes all across this place? What an amazing opportunity we have to say, God forgive us, God cleanse us. David said, create in me a clean heart, oh God, renew in me a right spirit, amen. Some of you here today, you've lost your passion, you've lost your zeal, you're, you're trying to find it, you're searching, but you just don't feel the way that you used to. And, and I fear that some of us look back and say, oh, if we can just get back to the old days, when we could get back to when we could really have church. But I'm I'm here to tell you that the greatest days of the church lie just ahead of us. The great days are not in the past, but they are in our future. And we have an opportunity right today to say, God, forgive me. Restore my passion. Reignite the flame that once burned in my heart and in my spirit. Would you begin to pray? Lift up your hands, close your eyes, lift up your voice in this place as they sing this chorus unto God. Would you just say, God, restore my passion. God, I want to love you with my whole heart.
Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.